Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. And we're coming at you from Seattle-ish. Seattle-ish. That's good enough for me. Yeah, that's, how, that's where we normally do. But, uh, and I mean, I guess sometimes we're in other places. Sometimes we are indeed in other places. Uh, I haven't left the Seattle area for a little bit, but I'm anticipating leaving the, the state twice this month. That'll be exciting. Uh, One of which is for family stuff. And the other one is for Nam. Can't wait for that. Uh, I'm looking at what, shoot, we're like just over a week out. And I am. Oh my God, really? That's so soon. Yeah. I can't believe it. There's so much to do. I'm going to cry. Wow. (laughs) But I'm very excited. I've been working really hard on prepping for it and looking forward to bringing forth the content I have planned and the content that will spontaneously happen. Nice. So yeah, lots of good things. I'm a little jealous that you're going to Nam, not for the actual Nam part, but there's since there's so many lovely people that I would love to like hang out with. I just, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't envy you too much for all all the work that you're gonna have to do. All the beautiful people. I I envy you for the beautiful people, not the work. No, it'll. It, it's a trade off. Uh, and yes. honestly, at this point, the work is just play for me. So. It'll be yeah. a lot to get done, but I think I'm going to enjoy every last second that I remember of it. So, oh God, you better remember enough of it to do a recap. I really, I, I better remember all of it because if I don't, that means I did something terribly wrong. Um, <laughs> probably means I gave into uh, the influence of people who uh, I, I'm sure are already plotting to to get what they they need to get out of me. Uh, but, perhaps, you know. perhaps a certain slummer. It's possible. Uh, I think right now the plan is to uh, drink and talk about Jesus, but we'll see how that goes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like things I've had nightmares about. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I will be keeping it to a level where I will hopefully not be mm-hmm. feeling any regret the day after because there are three days on the show floor uh-huh. uh, that I plan on attending as well as several evening activities, uh, including even several in a single evening. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. And I anticipate being tired in the most wonderful way, getting on the plane to head back up to Seattle afterwards. You better go to that Gabriel Tenorio taco party. That's the plan. You better go on my behalf. That is, that is the plan Stan. And I will, I, I will, let's just say I'm going to enjoy it. Enjoy it. So, uh, What's up with you? Well, I'm also going to be leaving the state twice. Um, this coming weekend, I think it'll be this coming weekend, February 11th, I have a show in Portland. Nice, nice. Which is with Sunday Crush. And then later in January, uh, it looks like we're playing a show in Vancouver, BC. And then we're driving back down south to play a show in Olympia. And then we're going to play a show in Seattle. We're actually opening for, for uh, Joey from La Neve and the Downtown Boys, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago to talk about No Music for Ice. Woo! Yeah, Joey, Joey did it. I'm like, I just threw that out there and it happened. And uh, I don't know why I'm always surprised when, when life works like that. Making connections. Networking is what life is all about, right? I'm just really stoked to see La Neve. I've been watching like the La Neve videos. I'm like, this is an aesthetic I like <laughs> and the music's well, really good too so but it's really yeah, it's been really fun to watch and uh i know we're all really excited for that show um but uh i want to that's not what weirdly that's not the show i want to talk about right now i want to talk about my new year's eve show 
Tell me about your New Year's Eve show. I wasn't there, so I, oh I don't gosh. I don't know anything about it at this point. Well, there were a lot of people there. Uh, Jeff Covey was there, so special thanks to Jeff for for coming out and bringing some folks. It was a free show, but uh, it's always nice to to see friendly people in the crowd. Um, what I loved, I think this was maybe the most fun I've had a show all year, despite the fact that there were numerous technical difficulties. It was amazing. Um, my first solo, I go into the crowd. I'm just like playing, you know, I have a 30 foot, a uh, covenant cable. Uh, I'm one of their artists. And so I'm just like, while well, they still have the 50% off for artists, I like jumped on. I'm like, I'm going to buy a long ass cable, bought it. I do my solo. I'm coming back. Uh, my strap falls off my guitar. No. At the, at the butt. So I just crouched down and it was actually kind of a perfect spot for me to crouch down because it was like right at the end of my solo. It was kind of a quiet uh-huh. part I wasn't playing. So I just like put it back on real quick. Um later You're shredding it too hard. Shredding too hard. <laughs> I know. Later I uh I I decided to try to stand on top of my amp for a minute. <laughs> and then uh I fell <laughs> off at the amp. Uh, I forget that that champ I have is not very heavy, so it doesn't take the weight of my body very well. Uh, I didn't take the amp with me, did not put my foot through the speaker either, but I was left, I'm left with a shiner the size of a baseball on my, um, on my calf. Tis merely a flesh wound. And there's more. Next solo I have, I'm like, I'm going to go into the audience again. I forgot to, I wrapped the cable around my strap just fine. Uh, I forgot to wrap the cable around my pedal board. So I pulled the cable out from my tuner, had to run back. No. Yeah, that was the most embarrassing thing and not the first time it's happened. So that's all on me. <laughs> and then, and then I, so I, so there was this like bench, right? So we're playing right in front of a big window and there's this bench right in front. And I'm like, I jump on the bench a couple times behind the drummer, like kind of flirting with people outside. And then the bassist comes up and then we, we both are up there and I jokingly try to get to the, like the next tier of the bench, hit my head against the ceiling of the venue. No. But you know what? It was a great show. Everyone seemed way into it. Got a ton of compliments, got paid really well, got free food, which I take over free booze any day of the week. Uh, Agreed. And it was just, it was such a fun show. We all felt really good about it. I think we all played really well. And I think that the thing about having those uh, difficulties and hitting your head and following up your amp, it's not about what happens. It's about how you respond to it. And I just felt really good about how I responded to those things. It didn't let it get to me. And I just kept playing through it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was dope. It was great. I don't, it sounds like the the venue was uh, haunted by Macaul. Um, oh God, what's the kid's name from Home Alone? Macaulay Culkin, um, Kevin. Yes, Kevin. Kevin. Yes. It's, it sounds. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. Uh, it sounds like the venue was haunted by his ghost, and he's not even no, he's dead not. yet. He's not. Just getting you every step of the way. Well, glad you survived. It sounds like uh, an occupational hazard, though, and it, you you took it well. You know what the whole study say? Killer parties almost killed me. No, all right. <laughs> that is true. No, 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 no. You're you're absolutely correct, and uh, that's that's the best way to party. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, party hard. Oh, I love Andrew W. Speaking of speaking of party hardy, I do want to share uh, uh, what I'm drinking. It was a gift from my wife's uncle Mike, and I wanted to say on the air, thank you so much. Uh, it's a bottle of McAllen Twelve finished in sherry casks, cool, and it is quite delightful. 
And uh, yeah, I'm drinking out of, of out of a proper glass tonight, enjoying it sip by sip, and wanted to say thank you. Oh, that's a nice gift. It was, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not drinking anything right now, but last night um, I was doing a little project, so I'm, I bought a cheap speaker cab and I painted it lavender, uh, and Rick is really sensitive to those smells, so we went out last night uh, just to get a drink at, at a bar, and we walked... As we were walking back, we walked past Champion Wine Cellars, which is Seattle's oldest wine shop, although it's only been in our neighborhood for about three years. I had never been in, had a lovely little wine tasting, and picked up a, a bottle of something red, the name of which escapes me. But yeah, so that was what I was drinking tonight. Red wine is always a good choice, especially so. when given the option between red and white. I, that's just my personal oh, yeah, preference. No, but- it's, it's not even a composition. Well, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the bottle. I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna savor it. It was only fourteen dollars, which is, I think, the best part. Oh, I, I, I love taking any bottle of wine, whether it be ten dollars or thirty dollars. That's that's about the top, absolute most I'd ever spend personally. But mm. uh, spreading it out over four nights and one glass a night, and just as it opens up over a few days, I just find that incredibly fascinating. I'm also a dork, so yeah. What, you, what do you say? There are a few there are a few bottles I've just dumped down the sink, I'm gonna be honest. Well, nothing obligates you to drink something if you don't enjoy it. I think they'd turned. Now that does happen after about three or four days. Yeah. That's why I'm surprised to hear you say that you will drink it over four days. Well, like, by oh, the fourth God. Usually if if you cork it right after you're done pouring it by the end of the fourth or by the fourth day, it's it's got just the bare touch of vinegar usually uh and so it, it's usually well within the realm of enjoyability mm. uh, i just find the transition fascinating uh speaking of change over time i'm very excited because i've been putting a lot of a lot of time into fox cairo and some exciting things have been happening a lot of time putting a little change you know it so i've uh yeah so i've been more or less not fulfilling orders for or not fulfilling, uh, not accepting orders for the better part of a year as I've taken time to step back and say, hold, hold my horse, uh, all the horses, hold the horses. And what exactly does this mean? Uh, how can I do this better? How can I reevaluate and reimagine what this business structure looks like? And I've been very excited because I've, I feel like I've made some breakthroughs for what I want this business to look like. And I've hit the point where I'm ready to start relaunching. So the website is live. Um, I've got a whole Etsy shop up and running. I've been putting a, a lot forward. But the thing I'm most excited about is less about the product itself and more about what I've been doing to try and reimagine what the, what the brand is. And I, I'm taking a step in the direction of treating it like a, a platform for artists and designers. And I know that seems really strange without any context, but what we've done this week is uh, I started a quote unquote collection from an artist by the name of Aaron Schmidt, super rad guy. And he's got a really natural talent for uh, graphic design. So I reached out to him to help me do some work for graphic design for something completely uh, just for uh, my application instruction sheet and a couple of other things just for consultation. And I was like, wait a minute, you're really, really good at this. And I, it dawned on me that I like designing and doing art to an extent, but 
the painful reality that I had to face is I'm not as good at it as other people. And there's only so much I can offer with my, my artistic abilities and, mm-hmm. and designs that are in the shop. And so I thought to myself, well, Hey, well, what if I just got other people to do it for me? And what if there's a way where I could build this out in a way that's mutually beneficial where the artist gets something and I get something out of it and we can build kind of a community, a platform around it, around it. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm piloting the, the artist uh, program. If you are an artist or a, desi- or a designer, hit me up. Let's talk. And I, I th- I'm really excited to see what this is turning into. Cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. I also have merch now, which is also really exciting. Aww. So I got Aww. a snapback. I've got a baseball tee. I've got a beanie on the way. I, I'm just, I'm going all out. Nice. Yes. That, that merch makes you just feel so, so swagger. It just feels very official. Oh, and I just yeah. got a photo booth set up. Cause I just, I tore apart my entire like studio, like my half of a room that I've got for home studio area. I uh, tore it apart. I re I'm reworking everything around uh, it being a uh, my little studio for Fox Cairo for um, for photography for production for uh, R and I mean just the whole works. It's just I'm sitting right next to it now. I've got my whole workbench set up. It feels really good. Awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. Maybe someday Fox Cairo will be sponsoring podcasts. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you guys keep uh, spoiling me by uh, by giving me the honor of putting my my product on your pedal boards and we'll see how far this goes yeah that sounds cool well good luck thank you yeah i like the foxy design too the geometric geometric stuff yeah oh that was oh he sent that to me i was like hold up and this is further confirmation that I, i'm not the worst designer on the planet but there's other people who are way more competent than i am and oh totally. that's, there's that's, nothing wrong with that that's the case with everything in life so I'm very I'm very happy with the product I've got. I really do believe I've got the best uh, topper on the market in terms of a combination of feature set and affordability. And I, I can't wait to continue to bring other people into that platform and yeah. to, to share this with everybody. I love mine. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, sponsors. Who Sponsors. Who do you got for sponsors today? I got Dwarfcraft Devices. What? What? What, 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 what? I don't think it's any secret that we love Dwarfcraft devices. They're one of my personal favorite pedal brands. Just No the, secrets here. No secrets. The, the, just the creativity of what they do is really remarkable. Uh, I mentioned before that they sent us some pedals to demo, and today I got to, to, to sit down and really, for the first time in a few weeks, uh, had time to, to play with what they sent me, and I was sitting with the Ghost Facts, and that's a, a phase computer and it's absolutely bananas. I mean, it's so creative for being something that doesn't have like screens or dip switches and stuff in the back. It has like four modes of operation, like for a phaser, standard manual envelope up, envelope down, uh, 32 poles, feedback control. Like it just... I had modes that sounded nice and sweet and subtle and just added this thing a little like fun and washy to my sound. And I had things that made me sound like R2-D2. It was really, really fun. Uh, a fun 30 minutes I had had uh, hanging out with it. So I have, honest to God, no idea how I'm going to do a video that showcases, <laughs> that showcases this pedal. I might have to do it a little bit differently. But um, I'm really excited. You got to give it the treatment that it deserves. I think so. I 
I mean, there's four modes. Like, I gotta... I have to figure this out. I have to make sure I'm doing it right. And uh, it's really cool. I like it a lot. It's really neat. For sure. For sure. We got always have a lot of love for Dwarfcraft. Love those folks to death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially, you know, Louise is a friend of the show. Ben's a mad scientist, of course, but I don't think it's any secret that Dwarfcraft devices would not exist without Louise. So let's give her all the props she deserves. A round of applause. I'm not going to actually clap. Or snaps. What? What? Snaps, whatever uh, works best. Why? Well, I, I would rather be just like an audience. <laughs> there we go. Ooh, there are some trails on that. Yeah. That that uh, arena well, reverb. For our next sponsor, uh, we've got Tysco, and I want to talk to you a little bit about their fuzz. So the Tysco fuzz. You mean pedal. the fuzz that I am holding in my hands? The fuzz that you are holding in your hands at this very moment. Yes. So I, I have to say, I've got. I have a particular level of bias when it comes to this pedal. So the Tysco fuzz is based is a, it's a classic silicon fuzz circuit with a switchable upper octave that takes inspiration from a furry seventies predecessor. Now that doesn't give us tons to work with, but after a little bit of sleuthing and under their thinly veiled uh, cover for what, what they're, uh, what they're paying tribute to is they're paying tribute to, the one, the only Fox Tone Machine, which is not only legendary, but it says Fox in the name. And, you know, as the owner of Fox Cairo and lover of everything orange, sorry, but you've you've got me right there. Uh, so it's a, yes. it's a super red. It's an octave fuzz or a, a fuzz with the octave switch on it. And then a pretty simple uh, level tone and gain. It's. You know, one of the cool things about the the aesthetic on this is not only just like from the top down, super aesthetically pleasing, but from the side, it's really striking because it's a surprisingly like flat enclosure. It's like, an, yes, without the knobs taking into account, it's like an inch and a half, which is super cool. Less. It's less than that. It's like an inch and three. Eighths oh, come on. You're going to get me over over an eighth of an inch. Yes. Ah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's yeah. It's it's less than an inch and a quarter. Wait. So that would be three eighths is just under. So because four eighths is is half an inch. Yeah, this half. It is indeed half. Why? What is wrong with me? Why am I not measuring this right? Uh, you know, in high school yeah, we were supposed to do math, not meth, it right? Is actually, it's exactly an inch and a quarter. Wait. Yeah. No. It's yeah. Sorry. It's it's just under an inch and a quarter. How much are the sticks? Those sticks are sixteenths, not eighths. I was looking at a different ruler. Well, let's just say that size doesn't matter, but Sorry. we're just it we're kind just of matters. just matters how you use it. And I'm I'm very excited <laughs> to see this form factor. I think it's really visually striking. I think it looks really great, and they're doing really great work. They've also got a couple other pedals out, and I'm very excited to see what they've got uh, if they've got anything coming out for Nam. And are you gonna are you gonna drop by that booth? I am definitely dropping by that booth because they're uh, they're part of the the group of. Folks, also uh, Harmony is included in that, I believe. Band Lab Technologies and Mono Cases. Yeah. And a bunch of uh, media publications. Doing some really great stuff to innovate and to revive some brands that more than deserve the love and attention that they're getting. Very excited. Believe in what they're doing. And can't wait to see those folks at NAMM. Yeah. Oh, man, those Harmony guitars are just so attractive. I'm very jealous of everyone who has one. That that champagne color, Mm, that champagne sparkle color. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So before I start drooling on the air, why don't we get into our topic for the day? 
Yeah, so this was uh, not your idea and it was not my idea. So whose idea was it? This idea for a topic comes to you from my beautiful wife, Melissa. Yay, Melissa. She's great. And this was, I don't know, I have legitimately no idea why I didn't just pitch this as the idea. Since the idea is basically to talk about something I just had an article come out about, like that I wrote. So I wrote an article, my first article for Reverb.com, hopefully, uh, hopefully more of those to come, wink, wink. Um, Nudge, nudge. <laughs> nudge, nudge. I like to write for money. Uh, <laughs> so um, I had pitched a bunch of articles to them late last year. And the one they came back, they wanted me to start with was uh, about environmental sustainability and touring. And anyone who's ever put gasoline in a car or a van or a bus knows touring is not naturally uh very good for the environment just in general traveling driving not great for our planet and you know when there are terrible things happening with the environment left and right that are causing you know people to be displaced and probably into species and potentially the world as we know it not to get too heavy-handed it's important that we all yeah way to bring down the mood you know this okay so this topic came back into um, you know, uh, the, 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 the people have been talking about it more. I don't know I'll also say that, uh, since Coldplay announced that they wouldn't be touring anymore until they can get to a place where their carbon footprint when they tour isn't just, uh, non-existent, but it's actually beneficial and they're a bigger band. And so they're putting a lot of money leaving a lot of money on the table by not touring. Like this is how musicians make money. Of course, not every musician can just not tour, but there's a lot that, you know, we as musicians can do uh, to reduce that impact. And some of them are kind of, you know, harder and maybe more major and might take a little bit more planning. And some of them are are kind of simple uh, things that maybe we should be doing anyway. Before we get, so I, I am very excited to talk about this subject, but before we get too far into it, you said something about uh, gas, and that reminded me of where gas comes from, and reminded me of a revelation that I uh, was brought to my attention actually quite a while ago, but I, I wanted to share it for the sake of anecdote. I hope you're ready for this. It's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but hear me out on this. So oil, it comes from the deceased remains of deceased dinosaurs right so now we use oil to fry things and so so we use oil to fry things and chicken nuggets are fried now chicken nuggets are also the ancestors of dinosaurs so does that mean chicken nuggets are created by taking the great 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 grandchildren of the ancestors and frying it in the ancestors remains is that too dark Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. That's not the kind of oil you're frying food in. I don't know. I, I got to say, it, it, it kind of freaks me out. You're frying it in vegetable oil. I think someone's got to tell Baby Yoda to stop e- eating chicken nuggies. Oh, God. I just don't. I don't think. I don't think <laughs> all right. So, right so, all right. So, touring sustainability. Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. So, where, 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 where should we start from the, from the beginning? Uh, I think we should start with chicken nuggets. Uh, yes, a band tours on its stomach. That that is for sure. 
So in a lot of places, especially when you're a band of a certain level, uh, you get access to a green room. And uh, this green room, you usually get to make requests for what's in it. Right. And you can you can make requests or like specific requirements for things like preferring food from a local co-op or no food with plastic wrappers or don't provide us with plastic cutlery or plastic cups. We'll bring our own. So it's a little thing that bands can do um, in the green room at the venue. They, you can also try to shop at local co-ops or, or farmer's markets whenever you can instead of stopping at some sort of big box store. Um, you can also work with the venues in general to see if there's a way to limit the single-use plastic because you know venues they they serve their cups very often and they serve their drinks in, in plastic cups quite often it, so you can ask them if, if like can fans bring a reusable water bottle or a reusable mug or cup or something like that so that you're not cycling through you know hundreds of pieces of single-use plastic every right. single night. Which, to be clear, there is a reason for the plastic being used in the first point. And the reason why we can't use glass at a venue is, well, could you imagine if you give a bunch of drunk concert-goers glasses that they could smash and cause issues with? I mean, I've seen, one, I've seen glass used at venues, and I was very shocked when I saw the whole stay at the Brooklyn Bowl. And up until maybe halfway through the opening band, they were giving everybody glass. And then you're up at the front, and you're like, the hell am I supposed to do with this glass right right i mean uh, it's not to say that it's not done before but i mean that just it's almost frightening to think of how how far south that can go very quickly but no, I, mean, I know but other like, alternatives okay. to plastic. you're right so like a timber winter a timber outdoor music festival event i used to work uh we would sell people uh reusable stainless steel uh pint glasses mm-hmm. and we poured the beers into that instead so you can have people like recommend that they bring their own or maybe that's another piece of merch that you can add and encourage people to you know get your mug and have them fill it up uh fill it up um at the tap instead of going through this this just absolute ocean of of single use plastic and i i really hate to tell you this man but a lot of venues and restaurants they're not not the best recyclers and i get it it is a pain in the ass for uh a business model that's, you know, not extremely lucrative. Uh, people aren't getting paid extreme amounts of money. It's people it's are getting, they're, or they're frequently not getting paid enough to care. And then depending on Hell where no. the venue is located, the cost of recycling versus just having a dumpster that gets emptied every week could, that could oh, be a prohibitive yeah. cost for them to provide that in the back end, And especially for a service that's not necessarily customer facing and no one has to know about. I could totally see how that's easy to become, fall to the wayside as a priority as a venue owner but at the same time if you're you're going to be touring there i I see good at least you've got enough leverage to say hey what at least tell me what you guys are doing so we know what Mm -hmm. we're touring on yeah and just like making these requests at any level i mean the venue wants you to be happy they want to work with you they want to be partners with you uh not all bands can can throw around any amount of weight but especially if, if you're a band that, you know, has a draw and go on to it frequently and have maybe done work with a, a venue or a promoter before, uh, just making those requests where you can and talking to other bands about here are the venues that do this well. Here are the venues who didn't care um, because we all do talk to each other, musicians, maybe not oh. enough, but especially I know that the women do. <laughs> To quote Uncle Ben, with great power. 
comes great responsibility. Oh man. Gone too soon. <sighs> yeah, it was weird watching I just watched episode three today, and then at the end of the movie I'm like, well, he's gonna die in nineteen years. Dark. Wait, episode three of what? Star Wars. Why are you watching episode three? Episode nine is out. I've seen it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, I missed that update. I thought you hadn't seen it yet. No, I saw it. All right, so we'll hold off on spoilers. I'm sure at some point in the next couple of months, I'll want to, uh, I'll want to share my constructive criticism and praise on episode nine. But we'll we'll hold off a little bit longer to give listeners a chance to also go out and see episode nine, and before we start sharing spoilers, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like by if it's we've hit February, I think it's fair game. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that's fair. But I do this thing where I see Star Wars and then and then I watch I go and rewatch some of the old ones every once in a while. Oh, you and me both. So anyways, if you object to the February timeline, let us know uh, why. Uh, Shoot us a message. Tell us why we should hold off. And chances are pretty decent. We'll just tell you that there's no excuse to have not seen it. But we'll we'll still hear you out. I'll try to remember to put in like timestamps in the show notes if I can. No promises. I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like if we made it to February and you still haven't seen it, spoilers are on you. We 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 have done our best. We've done our due diligence. Yeah. But if you feel differently, tell us. Give us your compelling reasons why or why not. Sure. Cool. So a question I had for you about the article because I I did in fact read the article. Oh, thank you. Uh, biodiesel is one of the the touring options that you uh, that you suggested in terms of like rent a biodiesel van or m- make it a priority to purchase that but i'm just totally curious what what's the, i don't know hardly anything about biodiesel i i've got a couple of hybrids and that's about as far into the the green vehicle sustainability that i've put dipped my toes into and what what is the cost difference we're looking at how oh god there, you're is assuming... it easy to find no one it's not easy to find biodiesel rentals there are companies that do it um i saw a few on the east coast uh there those two options i kind of presented with the understanding that uh it's unlikely that this is financially feasible for most of the performers reading this article like yes they make electric sprinter vans but then you have to plan your routing about how far can the sprinter van go in a day and it's the same with biodiesel and you can't get biodiesel still at any gas station. So you have to plan right. your routing around that. So you don't have to call. I don't know if I've ever seen a gas station that has biodiesel. A lot of them have uh, a percentage of biodiesel in their diesel, I believe. But biodiesel, it's just, it's hmm. not, it's not um, mined or however they say it. It's not sucked out of the earth and it's, uh, uh, it's for it's replenishable man-made resources my understanding and so that's what we fry our chicken Jesus nuggets Christ, in dude. actually i'm pretty sure that <laughs> it's okay so I, the answer to your question is stupidly yes but it is the <laughs> <laughs> biodiesel uh is vegetable oil or animal fat based diesel fuel so it's made from like stuff had been fried in it and now it's and then they take that oil and then they turn it into gasoline basically 
Hey, Clarice, what are we going to do with all this lard? I don't know. I thought we could maybe sell it to the musicians down the road. Yeah, you use that lard. They know how to use that lard. Clarice knows exactly what to do with that lard. <laughs> I I won't make ask some, for further clarification. I don't need a, any further clarification on what that means. But I don't lard know. Is, what, I I keep I keep my lard and I cook with it. I just every musician I think has a social responsibility to uh, to purchase a Tesla. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. It's it's not the number one option when it comes to like getting from one place to another. Your best option is still a van, and uh, the 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 things you can do to most limit your environmental impact in a, in a van. Uh, pack light, so uh, find a lightweight vehicle as lightweight as you can have. Um, backline wherever you can. Try to book shows with local bands who can like bring a drum kit or a bass amp. Um, if you're playing, unless you're playing DIY shows, you can probably do. Hey, that was a really great, your guitar sounded really great. Hey, by the way, can I use your amp? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know, ask in advance. I've actually never had anyone not ask in advance about backlighting. Uh, right, right. Can I, can I make a suggestion here? Sure. If you own your vehicle, and you do not keep up on the maintenance that I that can make a huge difference on the gas mileage you're getting. Yeah. And something that I'd like to present for consideration is the option of making sure your tire pressure is good, making sure that your your oil change is up to date. I mean, right. the little things like that can make a huge difference. And I know this is going to sound really bougie, but the reason why I know that is uh, on my Prius, <laughs> uh, it's got the digital readout of like what the mileage is. And if I ever noticed that like the mileage is coming down from like 40 and dripping down like 36 miles per gallon, I'm like, what is going on? It's that doesn't seem right. It's yeah, it's usually something like tire pressure. I'm overdue for an oil change. I just haven't been taking care of my vehicle in the way that it should. Yeah. And, and your car, I, every car in the world has like a suggested maintenance and like dates that you should be following to make sure your car stays intact. And that's just not just good for the environment. It's good for your safety and it's good for your, right. it's good for your, 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 your pocket. Like, like if you don't want to be spending a lot of money on gas either. Also, right. Uh, so packing light number one, uh, well, not number one. It's just the first in this list of things. Number one is easily routing. Like, oh my God, don't go from like Vancouver, BC to Portland, to, to Portland, back to Seattle. Seattle. And I'm like, what to talk is we're going down <laughs> to Olympia and we're doing that. And right. But like, no more, even bigger things like, oh, going from Vancouver to Spokane, to portland to seattle and then over to boise like that makes no sense and it's not good for you it's not it's not a good use of your time it's not a good use of your money and it's gonna use up a lot more fuel oh absolutely so those are the big things um there might have been oh yeah and just and it's like i know you want to get to the next place faster but I'm not telling you to drive 55, but the faster you go, the more, the more fuel you're going to eat up. Yep. Yep. Plan accordingly. And there, every vehicle's got their optimal gas mileage. Yeah. Cruise control uh, and cruise control is your friend. Cruise control is always your friend. Always, always. It's amazing what kind of a difference that makes in your gas mileage. Totally. 
gosh, I feel like such a dad sitting here talking about gas mileage on a guitar. I know we're the coolest. (laughs) We are absolutely the coolest. You want young young whippersnappers? Make sure to change your oil. Change your oil. Don't don't drive too fast. Take your tire pressure. Pack light. (laughs) You only need to bake. Don't take anything you don't need, but still be prepared. Yeah. Oh man. Uh. So that that's obviously the biggest um thing you can do to lessen your impact. I mean that and the use of plastic, but that's like the the mile the gasoline usage is one of the the things that you can actually control even if the venue is like no screw you we like our plastic right i mean i think this whole conversation has to be put in the context of there's only so much you can do and you can't hold yourself responsible for all of it i think that's i think i'm not suggesting that you're saying that but for anyone who's reading that going oh man but i can't do that's not on you and that's okay do what you can that's what that's the best we can all do is do what you can. Do what you can you know? do now. And then as you grow, hopefully your band gets to some major point and you can, you know, get venues to make more concessions, get, you can, you know, pay to offset your own use of carbon and, and all these things like that. Right. And, and for, for anyone listening who is still listening, despite that their disagreements with us on the state of climate change, you know what? You can disagree with us on that, no, but not really. take our advice because you're saving a lot of money if you take our advice. Let's be honest. Cl- cl- like, save yourself the climate money. Climate change is real. Th- this is my convincing argument for climate change deniers is at least save yourself the money. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, in, look into alternate transportation, too. I mean, Amtrak's rail system is really not bad and very, really quite pleasant. That is true. Um, you can put a lot of stuff under the train. And it's always nice to not have driving. to worry about driving. And bar cart. Uh, just, da, 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 bar cart. I was going to say, I, I haven't been on the trains in America, but do they let you oh, drink yeah. on the trains oh, yeah, here? Yeah. You're not supposed, to, you're not supposed, See, you're not you supposed to drink anything you didn't like buy on the train, but that's never stopped literally anybody. Right. That said, we're not advocating to not be responsible. I'm just saying, if you had to choose between sitting behind a wheel for 12 hours in a van with poor handling that's super loaded with a lot of people who have, you know, flatulence, I I gotta say, train sounds a lot nicer by it's comparison. Really, I know that the, the the train up to Vancouver, BC is just gorgeous. The food is actually quite good. Uh, you have internet until you hit uh, crossover in the border and the border crossing is easily 10 times faster because they just kind of check and then they they're not it's like not like this like line of cars they really prioritize getting the trains across um with customs so i mean bands are notoriously uh given the short end of the stick when it comes to, to getting across the border um for various reasons and that's one way to sort of lessen that blow also trains are of course cost money again you would need to backline stuff same if you decide right. to go like via the, the bolt bus option or whatever you can put stuff you know under the bus uh, to an extent but and it's just like not driving is amazing I, I definitely see pros and cons and I, I hate to sound and here we go again I'm starting to sound snooty like hmm smashing just take the train but I mean, if it's an option, just compare your options, see what makes sense, mm-hmm. and know that these options exist and that you're not relegated to the the classic 
punk band stashed in the back of a of a Ford Sprinter yeah. with their their drum set clink. He's like, oh man, who forgot to turn off the snares? You hear the snare drum rattling in the back. I mean, you, you don't have to stick to that. There's there's other options. Yeah, no, there there are other options. Um, speaking of, of options or not, uh, lodging. If you're staying with a friend, cool. Like, how about you uh, just keep clean after yourself and uh, bring your own towel? That's fine. You're really not contributing much. But hotels just historically are not the most environmentally sound environments. They do a lot of laundry on a daily basis. They use a lot of water. They use a lot of cleaning supplies. Uh, that being said, again, hotels, you can you can bring your own towel if you want to. That's really neat. Um, but the biggest thing that you can do at a hotel is uh don't don't make an absolute mess like the more cleaning supplies that have to be used to clean up after your you know messy butt are not very green well and i'm sure they're not actually cleaning with anything disinfectant i'm sure it's just like lemon pledge for everything but so question for you and i honestly don't know the answer to this but i feel obligated to ask for the sake of curiosity is does it make more environmental impact to add the weight of a few towels to a vehicle or do you have it in uh, washed in an industrial size, what I assume would be an efficient cost-wise, therefore efficient washing-wise machine? Uh, just bring your own because you're going to do it. At, it's going to be used at every single hotel. But like, honest to God, like I wouldn't, I would just use the hotel towels. But that's, yeah. Right. And I don't know what the metrics are on what's theoretically more sustainable. It's, what I do know is if you're staying at a hotel for more than one night, leave the do not disturb sign on there's unless you feel really confident that they absolutely have to make your sheets free every night. I mean, if, if you don't have to make them wash the towels every single night, I think that's well, a way you, so, like, you can have I, the, the people come in and like tight, like pull up your sheets and do a quick pass and leave your, if you leave your towels hanging up, they're not going to take them. It's when you put them on the floor that they take them. Right. Right. So I don't know. I usually, unless I'm staying for more than a few days at a hotel, which I don't, usually do it's usually like three days tops uh i just leave the do not disturb sign on the whole time i'm sure that the maids are like oh i wonder what's going i must be a drug dealer i don't know they don't care they just know someone wants their privacy and they're like let's work for me yay also tip your house tip your um tip your housekeepers oh absolutely uh so the next thing is um we kind of start talking about at the venue things in terms of like single-use plastic uh you know we don't and this this next one is kind of goes with transportation, but like the how are people going to get to your show? Is it close to public transportation? Um, I know we can't always choose where we play, but uh, picking some place like in a downtown area is more likely to encourage people to look into buses, trains, whatever they have, and bikes in in their city um, versus a kind of venue that everyone is going to have to drive to. And that's just for good for you. I mean, for venues, like they sell more alcohol, I'm sure. But yeah. Well, and I, you know what? I, I really think showgoers should only use three different modes of transportation for getting to a show. I think it should be walking, longboarding, or bicycle. I've, what do you think? Uh, this might surprise you. I, I rarely <laughs> bike to shows. I just don't like, I just don't like biking at that time of night when everyone's been drinking. Oh, I, I was being completely facetious, and I that makes I, a lot of sense. I tend to sense, do the bus but... if I can, and uh, and that's most times. Um, 
Yeah, the bus system in Seattle is pretty, pretty good, great. Yeah. And I, uh, Drops right in front of my house, too. I. It also helps that my day job provides me with an Orca nice. card. So, <laughs> uh, and the last thing I talk about is uh, tabling and merch. So this is something that that Sadie from Speedy Ortiz got me thinking about. Is so the textile industry is one of the largest water pr- polluters in the world. Uh, fast fashion is not good for the environment. I know we all think like, oh, when I stop wearing it, I'll just give it to Goodwill. But Goodwill and these other uh, places that take these clothing donations. They can only resell and reuse so much of it. A ton of it gets chopped up, right? Like put into like uh, boxing bags and other kinds of things. Like that's I'm not even kidding. If you slice open a, a heavy bag, you'll very often find clothing scraps in there. But it is literally trash. Like a lot of it that they just can't use. So they're right. They do fabric. Well, don't they do? Doesn't Goodwill do fabric recycle? I don't know what that is. I mean, I, I'm sure there's got to be a way to recycle it. I remember hearing somewhere that Goodwill does do fabric recycling. I feel like I should have looked into that before we started the show. But I think that's the thing. Not to say that fast fashion, I'm not defending fast fashion here. Yeah. I'm just choosing a point to nitpick here for a second. But I do 100% there, agree that fast fashion isn't exactly sustainable yeah, and very helpful. Seattle actually does textile recycling. Uh, charitable organizations collect only 25% of the 4 million tons of used textiles discarded annually. Yikes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, that's cool when people recycle their fabrics, but apparently people just aren't doing that. So there are a couple things at play here. Um, you can do what Sadie does and do your merch in more limited runs. I mean, you and I, we only do merch for get offset on a drop ship basis. And that's not just because of environmental reasons for us. Uh, it's also, you know, demand reasons, inventory reasons, not wanting to, to ship things out reasons. Um, but by doing these limited runs, uh, she and her team can find more environmentally sustainable or friendly uh, providers of like these printed clothes. Uh, things like... Levi's has their do like use less. They have these this whole line of clothes where they use less water in making them, which is another part of of making clothes. Um, so so doing that kind of thing, I wish I'd been able to talk to Sadie about that for for the article. Um, but she had a really busy end of the year, so that's I hope to talk to her about it at some point. But um, what I always think about is why. Why do people want to buy merch in the first place? And I know that the big reason I buy merch for bands is just because I want to support them. And I know that they, you know, at most of the venues I, I think that I see bands at, they get to keep 100% of their merch, I would hope. Uh, I know some venues take a cut. But it's still a way for bands to make money. And I don't know, maybe consider alternate ways your fans can support you financially and that could be something as simple as a, as a patreon or um a record club subscription where you you know record one song a month and send it to all your fans or do what the hold steady does and release live recorded shows for for donations or a certain amount of money um just to to keep people feeling like they're still supporting you and your art and are part of that community without buying articles of clothing that ultimately they didn't really want in the first place. I mean, how often do you buy a shirt at a show you then take it home and think, why, why did I do that? I mean, I don't typically, I, I actually don't resonate with that because usually if I'm buying merch, it's because it looks freaking sick and because I want to support it. 
and because you want to support it. But I, I definitely right. I don't know. I I I have I have like hundreds of t-shirts, Andrew. <laughs> I and I I. I don't as of now i've actually been slowly editing down my wardrobe to less and less over the past couple of years also just like this episode inspired by my wife and Mm -hmm. uh so if i'm gonna go buy a shirt at a concert okay i i don't mean to sound very high horse here i just that's you've been you've been saying that a lot this episode i don't think i believe you anymore (laughs) (laughs) Mm, smashing i'm better than you i don't i don't know what it's like to buy a thing i don't want just to support somebody no, that that. Mm-hmm. Ah. I just feel like a terrible human. Nah, I just like I think a lot of people do that. Um, but that's you know that's in the article I say, ask yourself that question. Ask your fans that question. Ask them would you rather you know spend twenty five bucks on a shirt, and you know fifty bucks on a hoodie, or would you rather just like join my Patreon and get a couple benefits here and there that are more of a connection type thing. Like, like we, like we do, like we have the Patreon. So you get like early access to content. You get, you get access to that dizzying chat group on, on Facebook. Uh, it's, which is fun, but also dizzying <laughs> sometimes. It makes my day on a regular basis. I feel like I benefit from it. Arguably more. I, I I don't know about arguably, but I feel like I benefit from it quite a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to play the comparison game, but I, I rather like it. Who are you going to compare to? Me or them? Oh, I was just going to say, I'm not sure who's getting the better deal out of it. Me or me or or, uh, or Patreons or patrons. Patrons. I think it's it's really fun and cute to see like little friendships blossom in there. And I think that's my favorite part. Y'all talk about Star Wars in it too much, though. Oh, oh, come oh, on. Oh. <laughs> so a uh, special shout out to Abby Simmons. Um, she's done uh, tour managing and managing merch for, I think I first met her when she was working with Sharon Jones. Um, she's a, a longtime Pacific Northwesterner and she's just a, a hardcore badass. So yeah, big ups to Abby. Thanks. I could not have finished an article without you. Peace. That's all I got. Unless cool, you have more cool, questions cool. about the article or anything. I, I think I'm I think I'm good. Yeah. You know everything you want to know about environmental sustainability and touring. Uh no, I think I'm just scared of sounding like an elitist. Yeah, that's all. That's fair. Yeah, I really would I really am hoping <laughs> to do more articles like that with reverb.com. Uh I'm hoping to get something written in the fretboard journal this year. And I really want to, I do like one article a year with she shreds right now. I would like to up that by a considerable amount. So, Hey, and if anybody's listening who uh, likes my writing or is interested in having me write something for you, uh, hit me up and we'll work something out. I like writing things. You do. And you're very good at it. Thank you. That's because I read a lot. Well, if you enjoyed the show, support us on Patreon. Check out the website. Yes, I was going to do that at the top of the show. We have a Patreon. We have a store on the website. Get Fuzz sake merch. We have a group on Facebook where we talk about the latest and the greatest. And mostly we have, cats. Uh, mostly cats. So there's also follow-up discussions for 
uh, as well as a visual thread for episodes. So come join the discussion. If you got further questions, if you want to uh, poke fun at my elitism or anything like that, by all means, step on in and uh, let the let yeah. the bullets fly. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. We also have the YouTube demo channel. So if you're interested in hearing the Tysco pedal in action or the Dwarfcraft pedal in action, I just got the OBNE Old Blood Noise Endeavors Minim and the Maw. Those are all things that I still have yet to film. I just... Uh, Anyone who's listening to this would have just finished up uh, the DOD week. So we didn't get to talk about that, but um, check and it out on YouTube. what a week it's been. I, de- I demoed uh, seven DOD pedals in seven days, and then I rated and reviewed and ranked all of them at once. You might be surprised about my favorites and my least favorites. Uh <laughs> Can, why don't so instead of spoiling the best one, can you spoil what your least favorite one was of the bunch? Oh, Gunslinger, hated it. Okay, hated it. And there we have it. I'm not the only one that sounds like an elitist this episode. Hey, it just wasn't for me. I didn't jive with it. I thought it made it sound like I was playing through a telephone. If I want to sound like I'm playing through a telephone, I mean, I guess that's my pedal. <laughs> I just needed to not sound like the only elitist that hosts this podcast. I am going to say putting that bifet boost in front of the gunslinger made it sound dope, though. Fair, fair, yes. fair. Neat. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. I am Andrew. I've been Emily. Right, Goodbye. One, two, Bye. three.